Welcome to a very Brady podcast. I'm your host. My name is Tack Van Sickle. And on this show, we celebrate the iconic TV show, The Brady Bunch, as we break it down one episode at a time. Today's episode, we look at season one, episode two, entitled Dear Libby. If you haven't watched the episode, please feel free to stop the podcast and go watch it before continuing. You don't have to, but it might make for better comedy if you do. Brady Bunch is available on Hulu, CBS All Access, Amazon Prime, and so go check it out if you want. Uh, my guest today is Jimmy Klein. Welcome to the show, Jimmy. Thank you for having me, Tack. You're quite welcome. <laughs> so if you listen to our last episode, Jimmy also, Jimmy and I go way back. We go right? back a year longer than you and Ron. That's right. That's how uh, way so back we go. Jimmy and I, we were adolescents as well when we started hanging out. So I think I was 12. You were like 13 because Jimmy was a whole year older than me. We used to hang out at school playing with the teacher's balls after school. <laughs> well, we did. It's true. Say we it's didn't. true. It's true. We and did. Ron's going to sit at home and go, no, we didn't. Yeah, yeah, we did, Ron. Yeah, you did it too. Except I think he played with the teacher's balls in math class. I think, right? <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, Jimmy, let's please explain real quickly so people... Nah, don't... just leave it. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Ellington's going to watch this and be like, explain it. <laughs> Did you set them straight? No, I just thought it was funny. <laughs> just like that. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Well, I have the police at my door. <laughs> He's retired now. It doesn't matter. <laughs> well, just a quick explanation. <laughs> I mean, isn't isn't needed. Uh, so Jimmy, Ron, and I, all three of us, we were like really big into juggling. So um, we had a teacher, Mr. Ellington, taught us drama, and uh, he also taught us how to juggle. Now, exactly, yeah. when you took drama at this school, you had to learn how to juggle just to pass the class. Well, yeah. and uh, You don't know how many times <laughs> I've auditioned for plays or TV shows, and I'm like, wait a minute, do you know how to juggle? <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, you can play this priest in Sci-Fi Network. And he said, uh, you're damn right I do. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mr. E. Um, but Jimmy, Ron, and I took it like a step further and you just had to learn how to juggle three balls and that was all you had to do. But we kept going with it. We stayed after school every day just to hang out with Mr. Ellington. Man. We'd learn clubs. We'd learn you know, all that kind of stuff. And it was fun. Yeah. Good times. Um, let's see. So Jimmy, what is your history with podcasting? You've done podcasting in the past. Yeah, we did, uh, me, you, and a couple other guys did Taint Funny. I've been a guest on one of your previous podcasts a few times. Uh, I was a guest on you and Ron's podcast a few times. Um, so, yeah, I got some experience. I've been involved with a few. Yeah. And uh, Jimmy and I also have uh, started our production company. So exactly. Well. We Attack yeah, yeah. Films. And uh, we do um, client work. We do our own stuff. We do all kinds of stuff. So, yep, it's good times. It's fun. It is. So, Jimmy, what is your history with the Brady Bunch? Like, did you watch it growing up or what? I'm, uh, I'm, uh, it's, it's kind of funny because I'm the youngest of seven myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so I'm kind of like the, the, the Bobby Brady of my family, I guess. Um, 
I have a sister that's two years older, but my next oldest brother is, I think, 12 years older than me. Uh, and so growing up, I, I, mm-hmm. I shared a room with three out of my four brothers. And um, <clears throat> so it kind of felt sometimes like the Brady Bunch. And um, when you have siblings. Did you have the bunk beds? And then did, like, yeah. the oldest one got his own bed? Yeah, one time I shared a, a room with, I think, um, Rick and Steve at the same time. So the three of us were in the room at the same time. I was never allowed to sleep yeah. on the top bunk. Because I think they were afraid it would either rain in the middle of the, <laughs> middle of the night, <laughs> like if I wet the bed. Rain? Yeah, if I wet if I wet the bed. Oh, like, or they were afraid I'd roll you a roof off. On this <laughs> or they're afraid I'd roll off when I hit the floor. <laughs> or maybe they just wanted to be on the top bunk. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so I was never allowed to. But um, they used to really encourage me to to listen to the kind of music they listen to and watch the shows they watched. So. Yeah. You know, growing up, they really pushed things like Leave It to Beaver and All in the Family. Well, I guess not All in, All in the Family was kind of still on. But like Leave It to Beaver and the Brady Bunch, and they, they really kind of pushed that kind of stuff off on me. Um, so, yeah, yeah, I watched a lot of it early on. Cool. Yeah, me too. I watched it a lot growing up, <clears throat> which is kind of weird because the show actually ended before I was even born. Yeah. And it's kind of weird. It wasn't on for that but, long. For something that made such an impact, it wasn't on for very long. Well, the thing is, like, the show was never a hit. It was never, like, a number <laughs> no. one show or no. anything when it was on. It it built all this momentum and, you know, syndication and, you know, just when nostalgia and, you know. Yeah. So. And then I guess it kind of competed with the Partridge family, I think. I think that came in towards the end. Do you remember that episode of Day by Day? Remember that show, yeah. Day by Day? Yeah, my, my ex-girlfriend was in it. She was, well, she was on one of the scenes that filmed here in Florida. <clears throat> She was what? She was in one of the scenes they filmed at Disney. She was in one of those scenes. Oh, kind of like me with uh, I was in the background of uh, Boy Meets World. Yeah. When they did their Disney episode. Um, yeah. Do you remember the day by day episode where they did the Brady Bunch and all that? No. <clears throat> oh well, the uh, the kid on the show. I remember this episode when it was on originally for the first time. Like, just daydreamed about, I wish I was on the Brady Bunch. I want to be a Brady and all that. And so the whole thing was a dream sequence, but they actually rebuilt the whole set of the Brady Bunch house (laughs) and had the entire cast there of the Brady Bunch. um, And he was like, well, they didn't have the entire cast. They didn't have Greg Brady. And I think that's the only one that didn't show up. Um, But... And he was supposed to be like the seventh brother, you know, Chuck Brady or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he was like dressed in seventies clothes, and he was like, ah, you know. And um, is that like the cousin that was a little asshole? Was a <laughs> cousin Oliver, yeah. God, he he was like a little John Denver. <laughs> yeah, 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 he was such a little dick. Man, I used to hate those episodes. I hated. It. I didn't, wasn't a fan either. But it was a funny part in it where, um. Because they're all playing like them as if they were kids, but of course they're much older, like adults, <laughs> right. you know, at this time. And there was even a really funny scene where Greg and or no Peter and Bobby are upstairs, and they go, "Hey!" and they like run down the stairs like they're kids again. It was just so funny. <laughs> they're like adults, <laughs> anyway. And uh, Marsha comes walking, and she's like, "Oh my God, I have something to tell you, Chuck!" And she turns sideways, and she's pregnant at the oh, time. Geez. And he looks down, and he's like. You have a lot to explain. <laughs> and the, it was funny. Anyway, I remember when that was originally on, and I actually caught it on YouTube the other day. I was mm. just scrolling through, like, Brady Bunch shit. And then I was like, holy shit, I remember when this was on originally. And then I didn't know it was, like, 
1989 when that episode yeah, yeah. aired. I thought it was like the 90s or whatever. <laughs> but anyway. Was it the original Cindy um, or that weird one that took over for some of the later reunion <laughs> shows? Right? You know, I don't even think the Cindy was on there. I guess it wasn't all the kids. And, um, I don't remember, but it was a really funny episode. And, and what's actually funny is the, the kid who played on Day by Day, I think his name was C.D. Barnes. Oh, yeah. He's, yeah. He's he was in... Actually, um, uh, he was in uh, Starman, and he also did the voice. Yeah, of, he did something uh, like. Oh, he did tons of voiceover work. Is it not Aladdin? He, did, but he still Aladdin does voiceover the, work. Aladdin was the kid from Full House, but he—I want to say he did one of the Disney movies. Uh, he did one of the voices. Oh yeah, for Disney he, movies. he did a. Was it? Yeah, you're right. Uh, was I just found that out Little recently. Mermaid? Yeah, he played yeah, yeah, yeah. like Prince Eric or whatever. But yeah. you know, you he know, also did. Uh, you know, Aladdin, Spider Man too. You know, Aladdin is DJ's boyfriend on Full House. Which one? On Fuller House. Like the one that was on the show originally? Yeah. Her oh. boyfriend. That's the no, that's that. the guy that did the voice of Aladdin in the cartoon. Oh, so, yeah. That's cool. Um, so C.D. Barnes also, he's the one that did the Brady Bunch movies and played Greg oh, yeah, Brady yeah, yeah, yeah. in the Brady yeah. Bunch movies as well. Yeah. So, yeah. And then also Ben Stiller's but, wife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. I was like, you didn't do her. <laughs> Maybe he did. Well, back in the then. movie, in one <laughs> but, of the movies, they did. Yeah, Kristen Tyler. Yeah, that's her name. No, that's not her or name. Kristen Taylor. Christine Taylor. Kristen Taylor. Christine Taylor. Kristen Tyler. Well, I, I have a friend uh, that used to know that her name was Kristen Tyler. Or um, yeah. <laughs> so I get a little confused. Do you think the kids that were on the Brady Bunch are good parents now? You mean do you think they like forced <laughs> their kids to watch the show, or do you think the kids like? hate the show kind of like you hear celebrities all the time they say like you know um Kristen Bell you know and and her husband say that their kids think they're the uh, the most uncool parents ever <laughs> you know that kind of thing so <laughs> right. do you think it's like that with the Brady Bunch kids do you think their kids think that the whole Brady Bunch thing is really dumb and they grew up hating it or do you think they grew up loving the <laughs> fact that they could see their parents as kids I don't know I always thought it would be cool to like see my mom as a kid or a teenager or whatever, and just a couple of pictures because my mom never yeah. really had any. But to see my mom grow like growing up on television, to see yeah. her do stuff, that would have been so cool. I would have thought. You should, uh, but I mean, none of their kids are like kids anymore. All their kids are like in their thirties. You should. Now. You should try to get some of them on this show because I, I I think a lot yeah. of people would love to yeah. hear what they have to say about. The show. I mean, you could do the the Brady kids, and you know that'd be cool and all. But there's a thousand and one interviews of that. But I don't think anybody's done an interview of the kids, the kids of the Brady kids. <laughs> I want to hear what kind of parents the Brady kids were. So if any of you are watching or listening, <laughs> if any of you are listening and you're the the offspring of a Brady kid, uh, call the 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 you know the voicemail number. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and leave a message, or you can just email me or at very email, yeah. podcast. Don't at, don't uh, email me. Com. Email tag. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Well, I'll look into it. Might be one of the goals for the show. Yeah, right. So, so today we're going to be discussing season one, episode two of the Brady Bunch, and this episode's called uh, "Dear Libby." Oh, um, I watched episode three. You have some. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> I'm not um, This was released on October 3rd, 1969, 
almost exactly 50 years ago That's true. Yeah, you're right. That blows my mind. I had no idea that the show was 50 years old. Yeah. That must be why the kids look so terrible now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they're they're getting old. (laughs) Well, I was looking through... um, my wife got me in the habit of looking through credits, you know, looking on IMDb and stuff. And I was looking on oh, IMDb yeah. just for anything interesting. And mm-hmm. I found a couple of things. The director of photography for the show was a guy named Lester Shore, S-H-O-R-R, right? He's yep. done, um, he did a couple of the Brady Bunch reunions later on, you know, like when the Brady hmm. girls got married and all those. Um, he did Eight is a Enough. A very Brady wedding. Yeah. He did Eight is Enough. He did Laverne and Shirley. He did The Odd Couple. Uh, he did The Sandy Duncan Show, The Beverly Hillbillies, Banana, Bonanza, huh. Alfred Hitchcock. Um, so I thought that was kind of cool. Hmm. And then I also cool. found out that, you know, this is a, a, a throwback to the previous episode. Fluffy. <laughs> yeah. Let's hear about Fluffy because we talked Fluffy's, about Fluffy in the last episode. Fluffy was played by three cats, right? For just for one episode? Correct, yeah. Because that one trick that he had to do running across the table that you guys were talking about, because that was so <laughs> yeah. intricate, they had to use three different cats to play it. Out of the three cats, um, they only have two of the names documented. Uh, one of the backup cats that was used in a couple of the scenes was, uh, was named Bigfoot. <laughs> but the main cat that played Fluffy, its real name was Ty. Ty? Ty, T-Y-E. So why is the main cat, was that cat like, he was the talent and the other one yeah, was, he was like, like the, the uh, cats? like the hero cat, so to speak. You know, when he's <laughs> just sitting there in front of like the doghouse or whatever it was that was behind him. You know, that shot, yeah. that was, that was the hero cat, so to speak. That was Ty. Yeah. But apparently they had to use three well, different cats, fluffy. three different times, jumping across tables and stuff to get it right. So, so yeah. It was impressive. Uh, so impressive that they never used Fluffy ever again in any other episode, so... Yeah, I guess and that another, must, uh, another another thing real quick is a lady that played Dear Libby played Mrs. Yeah. Bennett on Break Into Electric Boogaloo. So I, just, I thought that was interesting. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. So yeah, That's, go ahead. That is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the episode was written by Sherwood Schwartz and directed by John Rich, just like the last episode as well. <laughs> All right, so let's cool the uh, little fun facts there. Okay. So what we're going to do now, we're going to take a break, and then we're going to get into this episode. Ooh, I was hoping we'd take a break. We've been going at this a while. Huh? I was hoping we'd take a break. Do We've what? been going at this a while. <laughs> so uh, let's take a break, and when we come back, we're going to get into it. Cool. So get into it. Heck yeah. All right, we'll be back. Welcome to Hysteria 51, a weekly oddcast of mysteries, conspiracies, the unusual, and the unexplained. Do we have a laser thermometer to figure out if Admiral Byrd is here? I'm pointing the laser at the wall now. 71.1, 71.2, Admiral Byrd is here. With John, Brent, and Conspiracy Bot. You're all idiots. Yeah. 
Join them each week as they clarify conspiracies. I'm a Stuart Swerdlow, I promise. I am human and I do human things. <laughs> Explore enigmas. It's all about ley lines and you'd understand that if I could explain it to you. And probe the paranormal. Hysteria 51 is a hilarious expedition into the eccentric. Stop on my joke. I Thank will when you. they're good. Tune in each week and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, the iHeartRadio app, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And remember, the truth is out there, but you won't find it here. Stay woke, meet sex. And we are back. Had a nice little break there. Heck yeah, it was. All right, so, huh? I said, heck yeah, it was. <laughs> All right, so here we are discussing season one, episode two, Dear Libby of the Brady Bunch. Um, so, fade in. Okay. The show opens up. We got in the girls' room. We got the girls just sitting there, and Marsha's on the bed. Cindy and Jan are sitting on their beds. Cindy, I think, is playing with her doll or whatever. <laughs> and so Marsha's reading these Dear Libby, you know, it's kind of like Dear Abby, you know, Dear Libby letters to the other yeah, girls. And and she and Janet's just digging them. She's just like, read another one, read another one. <laughs> you know? And then uh, so <laughs> um, so then she's like, well, read the next one. So Marsha's reading it. She's like, Dear Libby, there's a problem with my family. And then she just stops. Wait a minute, wait a minute, and wait a minute. You're, like, you're missing something. Before that, miss? before that, like the first joke in the episode okay. was some guy wrote in or some girl wrote in saying, my boyfriend says he loves me for my mind, but then he bought me yeah. a bikini. <laughs> so it's yeah. like, well, first of all, like, well, I guess first off, why are little kids sitting around reading a newspaper anyways? Like when I was a kid, I, I read the, the, the comics, which they talk about later on in the same scene. But I never <laughs> yeah, sat around watching like I've never read Dear Abby to my sisters or anything like that. Like that, I never did that first off. And second, they were like gripped to the side of their chairs and going, read the next one, Jimmy, read the next one. <laughs> why would they put that joke in the kid scene and not in the parent scene? You know what I mean? Like, why would you give that joke to a child, especially when there's a child that's like six years old? Like, anyway, I don't know. So that's that's I found that interesting. <laughs> so Marsha starts to read uh, the next dear Libby question or letter, and then she stops, and they're like, "What?" And they're like, "She's like nothing. Just read the comics or something like that." And then she just like leaves the room. Um, well, she didn't leave the room. She sits on the bed and starts. Uh, oh, she the, continues yeah. reading it or yeah. whatever. Um, so. Uh, now it cuts to the parents that are downstairs yes. reading the paper. Um and uh and then I think Mike notices like, hey, this paper's not complete. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> who would notice that? Like this guy literally went through and like looked at page numbers and he was like, like two B is like totally missing here. Like like that well, <laughs> plus like in the previous scene, the kids act so excited about reading Dear Libby, right? Which means yeah. they've read Dear Libby every day for probably the past however long. Aren't the parents <laughs> used to them taking that section by now? Because you That's know, I mean, good point. later on he has to yell at her for not closing the damn closet door. <laughs> so you know damn my well she ain't bringing that paper back downstairs. Yeah. <laughs> so why, yeah. why weren't they just like, oh, Marsha must have taken the damn paper again. Like, 
It's not rocket science. He's supposed to be an architect. Jesus. <laughs> God damn it, Marsha. You take the paper. You don't shove fucking doors around here. Jesus. <laughs> That's a good point, though. Holy shit. And he's just like dumbfounded. Like, what the hell? And then what's his, what's his plan? You know, Marsha's like, oh, she overhears him because she's like spying on him. She's like, oh, my God, they're reading the paper, you know. The, why, why was she spying on them because they're reading the paper well, why like, was she nervous that, about it that piece yeah the piece wasn't even, it wasn't even in the paper so why would they be, <laughs> she be concerned at all but Mike doesn't put up with shit so he, he notices shit like there's a piece missing from this paper and I no, want to find out what happened to the it. store and buy me another paper <laughs> I know she's like I'll go buy you another one <laughs> and he's like no you're not doing that alone no I don't think so <laughs> <laughs> and then he makes Greg go with her. <laughs> Which I have to, to, go I, I have to admit, paper. I would do that with my kids. Well, I got you, but this is kind of like for one like page of a newspaper, like how important is it that they have to send their kids out, go buy a paper? It's after dark, which means like the day's almost over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You went through the whole day without having that one page. I think it'd be okay. Unless it's like that one page had something like holy shit, like, Washington, like, just got, like, abducted by aliens, you know, it's going to be on that page or something. I don't know. So, um, so, Marsha and Greg, um, well, she tells Greg that she doesn't want, Marsha admitted to Greg that, you know, she doesn't want them to see that page of the paper. So right, they're going right. to go buy another one. And so the parents like, can't yeah, hear anything buy they're saying paper. at all. <laughs> Well, they were like a whole like 15 feet away. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And Greg didn't care. He's like, what? <laughs> I repeat, what? Like, what's your point? Like, he's just talking she's regular like, voice. She's like, hey, let me tell you a secret. He's like, I can't hear you. What? Like, <laughs> hey, dude, shut up. Like, do you notice how big her buttons to... were on her jacket? <laughs> no. Her buttons had to have been no. as, like half dollars. They were huge. Like, go back and watch it. Just that one scene, look how big her buttons are. They're gigantic. <laughs> so, so um, she's like, Marshall's like, yeah, we're going to go get him a paper, but I'm going to take that page again. <laughs> like, then why are we going to get him a paper? <laughs> like, so she explains, at this point, the viewers, you know, we still have no idea why she's trying to hide this. Right, right, right. As you, as the listener, also have no idea why she doesn't want them to read the paper. So... She tells Greg why she doesn't want the parents to read the Dear Libby article. Um, Greg doesn't want to either. We still have no idea at this point why. <laughs> right, right? right? Yeah. So she just goes, oh, I, how do they do that then if we don't know? Or no, did, do we know as the viewer we finally learn here? Well, too? there was some, some subtle foreshadowing with her sitting on the end of the bed going, mm, and you know, that music that plays and everything like that, you know? Yeah, her sitting at the end of the bed when the girls are supposed to be reading the, the comics and she's sitting on looking all confused mm -hmm. and stuff. That's well, plus, she kind of says, well, it, I know, but she kind of says it to Greg. So the way yeah, she yeah. says it to Greg, we so, know what she's saying. We know it, you know. So that's when the viewer learns why, right? Is when, she well, when they Greg. go outside, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So she tells Greg, so basically, what it is, is there's a letter somebody wrote into Dear Libby. Somebody complaining about, I just got married to my, you know, spouse, 
and they have three kids and we I have three kids and I'm afraid these kids are going to ruin our marriage, you know. <laughs> these so kids they're are like, fucking brats and I made a mistake. Yeah. Again. Yeah. And so they're like, "Holy shit, like maybe who well, one of them wrote that? That's got to be about us, you know?" And they're like, <laughs> "We can't so let our up. parents read that letter." It's like, what? "These kids are brats. I don't know if I can handle this." And all the kids are like, "It's obviously us." Like, that's a horrible way to think about yourself. <laughs> Right. So, which I don't understand, like, so they're like, okay, we have to hide it from them. Like, right. why are they hiding it from them if they wrote the I guess they're hiding it from the other one. If, like, say the Carol wrote it, so it's, they don't want Mike to see it. Is that what? I guess. I don't I know. Guess but the reason behind it? If he would have read it, then he probably would have turned and been like, Carol, what's this? Did you write this? No, I didn't write that. Did you write it? No. Problem solved. <laughs> Like, instead, they prolonged Roll it. credit, Sherwood Shorts. To, for another, <laughs> That's it. Yeah, for another, you know, 17 minutes or whatever. Right. <laughs> um, so, they don't want the parents to see because they're afraid that... They, they're pretty sure that one of their parents wrote this letter into right, Dear right. Libby. So, they go get the paper, they bring it back, and they hand it, here's your paper, Dad. You know, and then he's like, what the fuck? This is missing that page, too. <laughs> So they start blaming it on what, like the machines or something. It's those damn machines, Dad. Like I don't know, you know, can't well, trust like, them. Another thing is they didn't give them any money when they left. So apparently these kids had enough well, money yeah. to buy a newspaper, to buy a marker, to buy rubber gloves because they didn't even have any stuff on their hands. <laughs> like, how did they do all this <laughs> without making a complete mess of their clothes and their hands and everything? Like, they where'd they get the print? Where'd they get ink from? What are you talking about? Well, because they open it up and there's a big ink spot on the newspaper. Is that what it was? Yeah. So, like, how did where did oh, they get I the took, ink from? Because I missed a few things here and there because I'm like taking notes, like <laughs> as I'm watching, I'm like t- typing and taking notes. So I like would miss a couple <laughs> things here and there, but I, but then I'd be like, I think I got the gist of what I just kind of missed. But I guess I missed that. Well, it would have been part. way funnier if Greg would like like went to point at something and his hands were black from the ink. And he had to like hide his hands or something. That would have been hilarious. That would have uh, been great. But they threw that out. Like, come on. Anyway. Hmm. Oh, well. Okay. So, um, and like, I was trying to see. Well, yeah. how could the parents not suspect something at this point? Like, the kids are acting really, really fishy. Like, they can't, they even, like, Greggy or, um, um, Mike even tests the kids, you know, really what newspaper? And they can't even get that right. And at that point, oh, they're yeah, just yeah. like, eh, seems normal. And they just go back to what they're, they don't stop and question. <laughs> like, well, wait a minute, guys. Like, you guys are acting weird about this newspaper. You can't get your facts straight. Like, what's really going on? Like, he didn't even question it at all. Well, when kids are acting weird or not, stories aren't straight. They're just like, eh, kids being kids. But we find out later in the episode, when the kids start doing good things, something's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So I was looking at the paper too that they were reading, and right. I, I couldn't tell. Is that the is that that famous paper that is like in know. all TV shows? I couldn't tell either because the picture on it looked like an old like '60s picture, so maybe not. Right. I don't know. And can I say that Carol's scarf game is on point? Isn't it? <laughs> yes. I think it's called an ascot. I don't, I don't know, know what it is, but <laughs> but she shows that shit off a couple of times in the episode. And her hair is like so 60s. Yeah, I guess they didn't that. have cleavage back then. It was better to show like a big scarf. So, yeah. <laughs> I guess. 
So Greg and Marsha now decide that it's time to get all the kids together and have a meeting. So they're upstairs in the girls' room. Um, and then they start, they tell the, like, they're like, little kids sit down. Right. Me and Marsha got something to tell you guys. And they're like, what? So they say, you know, somebody wrote this letter in to dear Libby and we're going to read it to you. And then they're like, holy shit, one of the parents wrote that. And Greg and throws like, out that right. great joke. Don't ever try to be in the FBI. Like, <laughs> I didn't even get the joke. I'm like, what is he talking about? It's because he was supposed to be staying outside the door. And then like Marsha just said like, no, just come in and shut the door. And everybody's like, okay, I'm, I don't know. So I just, I guess I read too much in it. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, so now all the kids suspect that, you know, yeah, I think one of the parents did write the letter. Um, well, what are we going to do? We don't want their marriage to break up. So they come up with a plan. Oh, wait, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. So they're just talking at this point. So now it cuts to Mike and Carol chilling in the living room. He's reading a book. She's doing cross stitch. It's like so cheesy. And the book he's reading, um, it looks like, like a hymnal from a church or something. Like it doesn't look like a real book. It doesn't have a dust jacket on it or anything. It's just a plain book. Yeah. It's like plain book. You know, it's like, um, and, uh, so they're like, Carol's like a little suspicious. She's like, Mike, do you hear that? And he's like, what? And she's like, <laughs> exactly. The kids are too quiet. Something's up. And then, so Mike just straight up is like, no, let sleeping oh, dogs lie or whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cause she's like, I'm going to go check on him. And he's like, I don't fucking no, you think ain't. so. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we'll have none of that. Won't have it. <laughs> I was like, no, no, I won't have any of that now. <laughs> He's like, you need to fin your crust is just isn't gonna finish itself, so you need to work on that. <laughs> and it's like, who does that? Do you and your wife ever sit around like you read a book and then she does like cross stitch or you know something? No, no never. <laughs> My parents never did. Did you guys have a TV? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> so they decide they're gonna go check on the kids or no carol wants to but mike puts his foot down and basically tells her she, she's not doing that exactly i don't think so you know i'm the man of the house and that's how it's <laughs> going to be so uh the kids decide cuts back up to the kids and their meeting um they decide you know what here's what we need to do we just need to be extra good so the you know our parents don't like aren't frustrated with us and just be extra good. We're going to do chores around the house. We're going to just be good and no arguing, no nothing. Let's just get it done. And then the kids are like, deal. <laughs> you know, let's save mom and dad's marriage, you know? <laughs> so now it cuts to Jan and Peter are in mm -hmm. the, I don't know what you call that room. Like, I guess like, a, room. like a media room, I guess. We had a room yeah, like similar a to it when I was a room? well when I was a kid and you know when we lived on Regalia instead of Madrid, um, we had a room kind of like that. It was a four bedroom house and one of the bedrooms had a TV in it with our Atari in it and stuff like that. And it was kind of like <laughs> that. It had like a couch in there with just a TV. It was a, a a place where the kids could go in and hang out, you know, without having to disturb mom and dad kind of thing. So yeah, yeah. So they had like their massive living room, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. which we discussed on the last episode. And then I guess there's like a family room or a media room, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
Well, because later on um, they play checkers in the same room. True. And, I, and I'm, I'm assuming the room is for the kids, yet they have a big ashtray behind them. So I, I can't really figure out. Like, so. <laughs> None of them smoke. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And there's a big ashtray yeah, in the house. It's a big, giant ashtray, yeah. It was 60s and 70s. You know, That's true, yeah. I'm surprised they didn't have a hookah in the house. Exactly, yeah. Do you remember my mom's hookah? No. Do you ever remember? She used to have it displayed in my house <laughs> growing up. I never knew what it was growing up. I was like, "What is that?" She's like, "Oh, it's it's a hookah. I got it when I was in Turkey." And uh, that's not what she called it. Was military. Me. <laughs> <laughs> my mom was military, so she'd like been all over the world. Right. And uh, she's like, "Oh, I got it in Turkey." And then, you know, I just always thought it was an interesting art piece. I didn't know. But then looking back as I got older, I'm like, "Mom had a hookah." <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> but it was never used, so I really think she bought it just as a decorative piece. That's it. Yeah, maybe. Like you couldn't, you never saw like ashes in it or anything like right. that, you know. But anyway, that's the seventies for you. Um, so anyway, so Jan and Peter are in the media room, and well, Jan's in there first because she's watching whatever show that she wants to watch, and then right. Peter comes walking in there like. Well, just like Dad, I'm the man. I get the remote. So well, he sits should I down and has a remote. Should we be impressed that they have a remote? <laughs> I think back then it was called a clicker. I think so, but still, like, like, should I be impressed that they had that? Like, that existed in 69? Uh, I remember watching old Dennis the Menace episodes, the old black and white show, and they had remotes then, too. Because there was an episode where... Dennis the Menace was messing with the next door neighbor by changing his channel through right. the, from next door and was like oh. clicking it. It wasn't Mr. Wilson, it was like the other guy on the other side. Mr. Furley. He was like changing his channel and that and he was like what? Mr. Furley. <laughs> Mr. Furley. No, oh, Andy. <laughs> now you listen here. Sorry. Um Okay, so Jan's in the media room and she's watching something on TV and then Peter comes walking in and he's like, give me the remote because he <laughs> wants to watch his show. And then Jan's all like, uh, I was in here first. And Peter's like, I don't think they start arguing. And some of the and so best like, like insults, you know what I mean? <laughs> You're just a dumb girl. <laughs> like, God, like they're just so mean about it. <laughs> <laughs> You're just a dumb girl. <laughs> So Marsha overhears it. So Marsha comes in. She's like, hey, shut the fuck up. Yeah, right. She's like, cut the <laughs> shit like, out. what? And then they're like, oh, oh, yeah. No, and then, no, no, no. At this point, it's Greg. It is Greg. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Greg. And then and then it was Carol comes in. What's going on in here? I he thought comes I heard in, He comes in wearing that awesome orange plaid shirt. It's great. <laughs> That's such you an know, awesome shirt. a little fun fact for you. Fun fact about the show, I guess, back when they were shooting it, the kids wanted more stylish clothing. Yeah. But they, but the Sherwood Schwartz said no, because he didn't want the show to look dated. <laughs> well, what's funny is in a couple of the later seasons, um, there's a couple of them where Greg starts dressing like a hippie and stuff like that, you know, trying to like rebel. Yeah. That's all his normal clothes. He said they didn't know yeah. what to buy, so he just brought in his own clothes. So those are clothes that he wore outside of the show. Those like Johnny Bravo days, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um. So like, Carol comes walking in. She's like, "What's all the commotion? What's going on?" <laughs> and and what, Greg comes. Up, no, that was on TV. <laughs> you know, like, a peace summit. 
Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we were just watching the peace summit. And Carol's like, mm-hmm. it's a peace summit. Why are they mm-hmm. arguing? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's the joke and I just missed it. Yeah, I think it was an intentional joke. Okay. All right, cool. <laughs> so now cut to Bobby and Cindy are playing checkers. <laughs> right. And then one of them accuses the other one of like cheating. Like, you cheated. And then and then that's when Marsha shows up for that one. And Marsha's like, yo, shut the fuck up. And like, <laughs> like, why well, he started? And then here comes Mike Brady. He cheated just What's once. What's going on in here? <laughs> Is that what they said? Yeah. That's why. <laughs> and Mike's like, What's going on in here? You're like, Nothing. And he's like, Okay. <laughs> and so, where does that take us? I think it's the sandwich scene. Okay. Yeah. So was, let's take a break right there, and we'll get into the whole sandwich scene, because I got some stuff to talk about a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> I got some stuff to talk about, like, right at the beginning of it. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. So you can bring it. Well, not bring us back in, but you can start us off and come <laughs> back. All right. So we will be right back. If you haven't checked out a Very Brady Podcast online merch store, you gotta do it. With the holidays coming up, where else can you go? You can pick up a Very Brady Podcast coffee mug for Aunt Sally, or a Very Brady Podcast phone case for Uncle Bob. The merch store has t-shirts, coffee mugs, magnets, stickers, and so much more. There are several different designs and t-shirt colors to choose from. Maybe you want to get a Very Brady Podcast pillow for Grandma. Go online to a Very Brady Podcast store on tpublic.com today. The link is in the show notes of this episode. Go check it out, and as always, have a sunshine day. I know, I know, you're listening to so many podcasts already. There's no way you can add another one. Least of all, what about politics? Well, I'm Doug Payton, and I'd like you to consider this. What if there was a show that dealt with politics but didn't yell at you? What if a little humor here and there made it enjoyable to listen to? And what if each episode was just 10 minutes or less? Well, I'm happy to report that indeed something like that does exist. The Consider This podcast is a political commentary podcast where I give you my take on the events of the day. I come from a conservative viewpoint, but I also want your voice heard whether you're with me, against me, or out in Centerfield. Come on down to ctpodcasting.com and click on Consider This. From there, you can listen to the episodes on the webpage, or even better, subscribe via iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Blueberry, or whatever podcast player you use. Let me hear what you think, so that we can all consider this.
and we're back. We are back. So, did you have a good little break, Jimmy? I did have a good little break. Did you have a good little break, Tack? I did. Did you go peepees? No, I didn't. Did you go peepees? I didn't. No. Oh, okay. No. Poopies? No, but it was nice. But anyway, so where were we? So we are now at the sandwich scene. <laughs> Take it away. Why the hell is she wearing a dress to bed? That's <laughs> not a dress. I, that was, like I was watching it with my daughter. My daughter was sitting on the couch when I was watching, and she's like, look at that. <laughs> she goes, look at that dress. And it looks like what it looks like. It looks like a blue version of the dress, <clears throat> excuse me, that George, uh, that Rosemary Clooney wears at the end of White Christmas. <laughs> okay. I'm telling you, because her dress has the, very the fluffy arms and the fluffy neck thing. If you were to take those off and make it like baby blue, that's what her dress nightgown looked like. <laughs> I, don't, I, th- I, I, know, I did notice it, but not really. I was like, like, God, look at that nightgown. Like, I thought it was a bit much. It was a bit over the top. <laughs> so Carol's coming downstairs. She goes into the kitchen. She sees Mike making the sandwich. Did you see the sandwich? What's up? Did you see the sandwich Mike was making? <laughs> yeah. It looked like something out of Scooby Doo. Like, right. <laughs> like it was huge. <laughs> so and then Alice and she's is like, like, "You skimp! Like, did you see it?" <laughs> so so carol's like what are you doing down here and he's like i can't sleep she's like i can't sleep either the kids are just being too good something's up (laughs) i never noticed until this episode and i've watched obviously i've watched the brady bunch in the past alice straight up has a mullet (laughs) in in later years she she has a mullet in this episode I'm like, no, that's was, awesome. Like, all, like a helmet. Well, yeah, it was, it was helmet, like, it was all business up in the front and the top. And then she had that little wispy helmet, a lispy mullet in the back. I'm telling you, she had a straight that up. mullet gets. Oh, yeah. She was the first that, mullet by a long shot. It, it gets like mullet-esque later <laughs> in as the season. Like that shit comes down and like comes out. Yeah. Of course, I'm like doing the motion. I imagine out it, and, if she was to wear like a trucker hat. I'm telling you, she would have like that perfect mullet come out of the back of it. Um, now we're going to cut to Greg and Marsha are doing yard work. Now, first of all, the yard, like the famous like AstroTurf or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. It's kind of funny. A uh, little fun fact, too, is where the doghouse is in the yard. Yeah. I don't think it was ever shown in this episode, but because um, later the dog dies. But yet they keep the doghouse in the yard. Right, right, I mean, right. I don't think they had an episode of like the dog's dead, you know, but the dog just wasn't in the show anymore. Tiger. And uh, but they still had the doghouse in the backyard. And they said the reason for that was because um, one night, I guess one of the lights in the ceiling had fallen <laughs> right there, like on the on the quote grass <laughs> and uh, actually burned a hole into it. <laughs> So they just stuck the doghouse there, and then they just kept it there to hide the burn well, plus, in the if, yard. If Fluffy ever found <laughs> her way back home, she would have a place to stay. <laughs> That's true. So, <laughs> so Greg and Marsha are in the backyard, and Greg's like raking leaves, and Marsha 
apparently is cutting the grass with scissors. (laughs) (laughs) But they're not scissors. They were some kind of weird clipper things. Like, I don't know. They were like hedge clippers. Yeah, but who does that? What's wrong with the lawnmower? I don't know. Oh, I think that was Alice's point. Like, why are you cutting the grass with clippers? And she's like, because it's here? Like, okay. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So that's when uh, Alice comes out and she's like trying to figure out what's going on. Like, why are you guys being so good? Like, what do you... Normal kids don't just come out here and start doing yard work. (laughs) And uh, so she's trying to... She knows they're up to something. Detective (laughs) Alice. Nothing gets past her. Right. (laughs) Um, So... She's like trying to trying to get them to talk. She's like, "All right, guys, knock it off. Get over here, and we're talking. You tell me right now." And they're like, "What?" And then she like blackmails him. <laughs> she's like, you either tell me now, or I'm going to tell every kid in school how you're behaving right now, how you're being good at home. And they're like, "You wouldn't do that," because all the kids would believe. And she's her. like. Like she's gonna and, go and actually to like, care about it. Hey, no, like, hey, you know Greg Brady and Marsha Brady? They're like, yeah, like, uh, they're being good at home and doing their chores. <laughs> and kids just be like, okay, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but when she made that threat for blackmail, Greg was like freaked out. He was like, Greg's no, like, I don't want people to think that. I'm a square. <laughs> <laughs> Golly gee willikers I better go talk to dad <laughs> Exactly <laughs> Oh god So uh, The parents find out about the letter um, How did they find out again? I just have that they found out about the letter I think she found it in the kid's room Oh no, the kids tell them. The next scene the kids the kids going to talk to her to their parents. How did they not write that down? I don't know, because you were busy watching. <laughs> I guess. So the parent I have written down so the parents find out about the letter. Yeah. They assure them that it's they assure them that it's oh okay. Yeah, that's right. They cuss to the scene of the parents sitting down with Greg and Marsha. Right, right. And we don't see them going, hey, we found this letter. It just cuts to them already knowing about it. Well, no, no, so no. We, um, it's because, off camera they tell them. Well, no, it's on, It's sort of kind of on camera because they had them read it. Um, and then Marsha and Greg both kind of say the line, well, nobody said that, you know, Harry, was it Harry and Homeless <laughs> or something, whatever it is. I got who the hell the name <laughs> was. <laughs> well, nobody said it was a girl or a guy that wrote the letter. They do that whole thing. So they do have a discussion about... The fact that somebody wrote a letter yeah. in and it applies to them. <clears throat> yeah, so the the parents assure them, like, no, that letter was not from us. Are you kidding me? No. Like, don't be a don't be a square man. <laughs> no, I don't know. Yeah, they hundred percent believe their kids. Like these are the <laughs> most will? persuasive kids I've ever seen in my life. Like they can say something like that, like that dramatic you know, Greg looks at his dad straight up and is like, Nobody said it was a, a guy that wrote it. And it just shakes him to the point where he doesn't trust his wife. <laughs> yet, he, <laughs> yet he can't come up with a decent lie about, you know, section B5 in the newspaper. 
<laughs> but he can say some shit that'll make his his parents almost have a breakdown about it. That's great. That's right. Awesome. And he and ironically, they almost broke up their marriage <laughs> because of this letter. He made the parents not trust each other. Exactly. Yeah. Cruel irony. <clears throat> so now the parents think that the other one wrote it, but they don't want to just go straight up. Did you write this? Right. No, I didn't either. So instead, they want to mope around the house, you know, <laughs> so, and be like, you know, hmm, shifty, like, let me try to look into this. So yeah. Carol shows Alice the letter, because apparently the kids didn't even tell Alice. They just said, like, <laughs> Alice, um, you're the help, so we don't need to tell you shit. You need to just cook us dinner and clean up our shit and wipe right. our asses if we need it. You're not a member of the family you Nick, work for. If it. I need mm. my ass wiped... I will come find you, Alice. Thanks. <laughs> I'm going to go talk to mom and dad, a.k.a. your bosses. Say, <laughs> like, we're having a family discussion. We don't need hors d'oeuvres. Go back to your room. <laughs> That's so messed up. I was going to say something similar for a later part in the show, later part in the episode. <laughs> so so uh, Carol goes to Alice and goes, Alice, you know, um, Take a look at this letter from dear to dear Libby, and Alice is reading it. She's like, three kids. Whoa, three. <laughs> whoa, she's like putting shit together. She's like, that's a. She's like, you don't think that Mike wrote this? And and she, she shames her. Like, <clears throat> How <throat> dare you? You stupid <laughs> bitch. <laughs> you could say that about Mr. my Brady. boss. Right, I'm not Mr. Brady for you, and he's the man of this house, and you come at me with this. He wouldn't do that in a million years, not even in a million years. A billion years. (laughs) So now you even suggest such a thing? Like, god damn, calm down. (laughs) You're still getting paid. Shames her for. Shames her for, (laughs) and she's like, Jesus, Alice, why don't you go wash our dishes? And then she thanks her for it. <laughs> so you just got shamed and you thanked her for doing it. That's awesome. By your employee. <laughs> so her kids almost wrecked so now, her marriage. Her employee shames her and she like thanks both of them. It's awesome. <laughs> so so now it comes to Mike. Mike does the same thing. Goes to Alice. Hey Alice, did you see this letter? And Alice for some reason acts like she's never seen it. Like what is this? What is this brand new information you're giving to me? Like, what did you just say? Yeah, I know. Like, Mrs. Brady just showed this to me a few minutes ago. That's funny. She also could have cleared the whole thing up. Yeah, this Mrs. is Brady the just one person in the house that knows for a fact that neither one of the parents wrote it. And not only does she not put two and two together, but later she writes a damn letter to to dear Ibby, dear Libby. <laughs> She's the one person that knows. <laughs> Oh, no, now you're spoiling for later. But yeah, you're right. So, so Mike's like, do you think Carol or Mrs. No, because she's an employee. Do you think Mrs. Brady would write a letter like this? And then once again, Alice is like, I got him again. I'm going to shame the man of the house now. How dare you, sir? How dare you? suspect <laughs> mrs brady for writing a letter like this not in a million years not in a billion years sir and he you was like asshole <laughs> and he's like well thanks her again and he's like go make me a sandwich now <laughs> <Yeah>. employee 
<laughs> um, so, so now it gets to, I thought this was funny. It goes to like Carol and she's just like wandering through the living room. Did you notice this? It looked like she was about to break into a song the way she was well, I mean, the living room. For me, what struck me about it was once again, like her kids have made her question her marriage, the validity of her marriage. Right? She just got insulted by her employee. And now she's wandering around the house like she's lost. Like, I swear the woman's like senile or something. Because in the scene you're about to talk about, they lay everything out. Like, he flat out says, like, something about the law. He says something about how we wouldn't write a letter, something like that. And she says the same thing, yet both of them are still completely confused, thinking that each other still know it. Right, so that's what I'm about to say. So she's wandering through the house like she's about to break into song. Right. The way she's doing it. And then Mike comes in, and then she's all like, hey. And he's like, hey. And they, they both are still suspecting each other. <laughs> I know she fucking wrote that letter. I know she fucking did. And he's thinking, she's thinking the same thing. And she's like, um, let's move furniture. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what the point of that was. I guess that production-wise, they just wanted them to do something as right. they were talking. I don't know. You know what? You know, in the first like, part of that scene, you know what it, it seemed like? And just this is a slight Jimmyism, so follow me on it. <laughs> okay. It kind of seemed like... Like maybe for the first time, <laughs> like she kind of stuck her finger up his butt, you know, the night before <laughs> what? and they're still, they're trying to act normal. They're just trying to, <laughs> like, she's kind of guilty about it. That's why she's wandering around kind of looking and the whole thing with the front. Anyways. Yeah. That's what, that's what it seemed like to me, but go ahead. <laughs> like, like something outside hey, of the story. Hey, and it's the first time. And it's just awkward. Like, it's the first time they've seen each other since she stuck his, her finger exactly. in Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's, it's and then, really awkward. It has and nothing he's to like, do with oh, the newspaper. Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why they're both talking about the newspaper, but neither one of them, it registers, because they're thinking about what happened. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. So, while they're, like, rearranging the living room, you know, Carol says something to the effect of, like, so, like, if my sp- if I had a spouse that wrote a letter like that, I wouldn't mind. I would totally get it, you know? I get it. And he was like, I know, right? And, like, same with me. You know, he's like, if I had a spouse and wrote a le- I wouldn't care either. Like, I would understand. Which and I guess like, in yeah. hindsight, that doesn't really help. You know, like, well, you know, if, if, if you wrote a letter, I wouldn't mind. So he's probably thinking... Crap! Well, she probably did write the letter now because she's trying to sell <laughs> right. it she's to me to that it's it okay. Like, yeah. I wouldn't, you know, like yeah, like if you cheated on me, I wouldn't care. Like you're just trying to make an excuse because you cheated, <laughs> right? So they're still not like getting it. They're just like, oh, I guess we'll never know. You know and they still suspect each other, which doesn't make sense. Um. Finally, they do confess to each other. Yeah, that they hate you know, the furniture. It's later. It's not that scene. It's like later when, you know, Mike's in his den, you know, working on some building or whatever, you know, architect stuff. And then she comes walking and interrupting the man yeah, trying right? to do work. <clears throat> Jeez. And she's like, finally, I'm just going to say it. Mike, I didn't write that letter. And he's like, <laughs> I didn't either. And then they hold each other and make out. Well, see, like what I don't understand is a couple of things in this section that I don't understand. In that scene, uh, Carol's wearing a blue shirt, and I can't remember what color jeans she's wearing. Mike is wearing a red sweater yeah. and jeans, right? Okay. 
At the end of the scene, Mike says, oh, they're out there watching TV. We'll go talk to them right when they're done. Right? The yeah. next scene, yeah, yeah. go into the living room and everybody's watching TV. Why the right, hell is right. he wearing a gray shirt and a blue tie and dress slacks? <laughs> and she's wearing like a brown dress or something. Like, why did they change just to watch TV? Well, <laughs> and if he works from home, kind of why is he wearing a tie? I don't think he works from home. He just sometimes has projects he takes home oh, maybe, and has to yeah. work on at home. <clears throat> um, but I mean, that's a, that's a good point. Like, so I didn't notice like the outfit change, but it's like, <laughs> well, let's go talk to the kids and tell the kids that we didn't write the letter. But first, like, we well, have they're to watching change. TV right now. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, we're all gonna watch TV later after we tell them, right? And they're like, well, yeah, like we got the cowboy shows on, and we all, all of us want to watch the cowboy yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. So, well, I'm gonna go change. I'm like, well, yeah, I was, I'm following you up there. Well, too. yeah, I'm talking about so, like tomorrow when we watch TV. <laughs> I don't know. So, um, so now it cuts to where the whole family is in the big living room watching some cowboy movie or something. <laughs> probably Bonanza. And then of course, probably Bonanza because our homeboy that was director of photography did Bonanza. See, oh, boom. That'd be interesting. A little Easter egg in there. So not only is like the whole family sitting around lounging, you know, it's probably <laughs> awkward that the help also is sitting in there watch tv and they're probably like man i sure am hungry <laughs> sure wish i had a drink right now like, Alice is like, no no don't get up sorry go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> sorry got a kid on my lap sorry yeah. <laughs> stamp cindy weighs a ton man <laughs> we're like like mike comes back in from getting a drink because he had to go get his own drink right. from the kitchen and he's all like did you leave dishes in the sink, Carol? And he's, she's like, wasn't me. Wasn't How me. How about you kids? Did you I, leave? I could have sworn we had a living maid. Hmm. Maybe we don't. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's just some mullet wearing weirdo I, that lives in our house next to our kitchen. I, I look around the room. All I see appears to me like family members only sit around <laughs> living here watching movies together. <laughs> anyway. So they're like watching this movie or show or whatever it is. All you hear is like, like cowboys or whatever right. on it. And then, uh, then there's a knock at the door and they're like, huh? So they go open the door and it's dear Libby. She shows up at the house. She makes a house call. And then she's like, introduce her. I'm dear Libby. And they're like, Oh, and then, <laughs> And they're like, oh, well, here's my... And then the living room is like, there's nobody... The kids, like, took off. Like, right. why did they take off? I, I don't know. But what's like, what's funny about the whole thing is this is a, a time period where you can kind of pick up the phone and, like, they probably don't have the thing that you, like, rotate really quick and operator, but you probably just, like, on the, the rotary dial, push zero. Um, operator, can I speak to Billy down the street? I mean, that kind of thing. And they'll just connect you somehow. Yeah, this lady okay. can't. She obviously has the address to come to their house. She can't write them a yeah. letter or ask the operator to look up their phone number. Like, <laughs> she can't just call right. them or write a letter. She has to actually come to their house. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Right. It, it makes sense, but you know, hey, why not? Well, at first it All made she sense writes to is me. Like one article. Well, at first that made sense to me um, because I figured it was a local newspaper. I'm like, oh, she probably lives in town. But yeah, then you find out like. 
that the letter was written by somebody 2,000 miles away in Illinois. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like, so wait a minute. So this is a nationally syndicated like newspaper <laughs> article thing, and she just made a house right. call just to tell them something she could have told them in a letter or a phone call. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> and all the women on there love the color brown. Like everybody's wearing that same brown color. Sixty nine is all about earth tones. I guess. As far as you didn't know that. Um. So what I didn't understand is like because the kids scatter when <laughs> Lib- dear Libby shows up, right? So to them, they were curious about who wrote the letter. So they wrote a letter to dear Libby asking. Who wrote the letter? Is it from our house? Is it one of our parents? And then Dear Libby shows up. Why would they scatter? Why wouldn't they be like, oh, shit, you're here. So can you, was it one of them or not? Like, right. But yet they scatter, which didn't make sense. Well, plus, me, like, so. how could, again, how could she afford to fly there and make a house call? Because you know she ain't very popular if she can realize that she got, like, six or seven letters from the same address. You know what yeah. I mean? If you're a nationally syndicated person like that, you're probably getting thousands, if not millions, of letters. Well, especially since her whole article is about getting letters. Right. So right. Double, triple of what just fan mail in general. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, she that's realized, her whole job is receiving mail. She Well, obviously she does it herself because she realized that six or seven letters came from the same address. So she's she's not very popular, which you know kind of reinforces the fact that how could she afford to make a house call? <laughs> I guess. <clears throat> I guess so. Dear Libby, you know that's what she says. She goes, I don't normally make house calls, <laughs> but I received seven letters from this address, and all you know asking me about who wrote the letters or whatever who wrote the letter, and so she's like. And, the, and, of course, the parents at this point still have no clue what she's talking about. <laughs> They're just like, what? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and then she's like, well, the first letter I got was confused and sad. You know, from confused and I don't know. I'm just making, I don't remember what everybody's name was, but, you know, <laughs> bumpy and itchy. You know, and then right, somebody right. comes walking out. That's me. You know, and <laughs> I can't think of any other ones. But she's going through and all the kids one by one step out. And now all the kids are like, oh, I wrote that letter. I wrote that letter. <laughs> and then she's like, and I have one more. And then you're like, <laughs> wonder who what? that is. It can't be Alice because <laughs> she's the only one that heard from both parents and knows what's really going on. Can't be her. <laughs> right. So then she says, says the name and then Alice steps out. She said, uh, innocent then, bystander. Oh yeah, that was her, that's right. That was her name, Innocent Bystander. <laughs> and then Mike is like, "You used one of our stamps." <laughs> no, he didn't. Do we pay you to write letters to Dear Libby? <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know when you had time to do that. That's weird. Probably when you weren't doing dishes. Is that when? <laughs> <laughs> you probably writing that letter when I was out there getting my own drink, weren't you? <laughs> is that why I had to go get my own dinner from the kitchen the other night? <laughs> Okay, so um, so once everybody steps out, she tells the whole family, I wanted to tell everybody that that letter did not originate from this address. It came from a, somewhere in Illinois, like 2,000 miles away. And then all the kids shout, yay! Yeah, it was just like the chief. It's like the director said, just, just say yay, like three times. Yeah. And then they, you know. 
It was just it was like all of them in unison. Yay! I'm surprised they didn't Yay! like pick her like up really... and start singing for "She's a Jolly Good Fellow" or something. You know, <laughs> right? Start lifting her up like it's Alice means. is like. <laughs> yeah, Alice is like, shoo, that's good. <laughs> like, bitch, you fucking knew this already. <laughs> like, you knew this yeah. before anybody. You're literally the only one that knew. And she was the most confused. <laughs> well, she is just a maid, so. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so now it cuts to the parents in the bedroom. Um, it seems like every episode ends with the parents in the bedroom, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. <laughs> and there's always that knock on the door, and it's like, come in. And it's Peter, and he's always like, <laughs> "What is it, Peter? Mom? Dad? I've been thinking. (laughs) Thinking about what, son? (laughs) (laughs) So uh, the parents um, are discussing, you know, just what happened, dear Libby and all that. And then Carol finds a letter to dear Libby that Mike wrote. And and she's like, what the fuck is this? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, he's like, well, I didn't mail it. (laughs) And then. And she's all like, what? And then she's like, that's okay. I didn't mail mine either. Because she also wrote into Dear Libby to find out if Mike wrote it. <laughs> and then they kiss. And then he like wipes his mouth at her shoulder. <laughs> Did you catch that? What? No. <laughs> they lean in and kiss. Was- and when they hug, I swear he's wiping his mouth off on her shoulder. I swear he, he is. He probably did. Because I said that in the last episode. Oh my Robert god, Lee you can gay. totally tell that's what he's doing. Because he's so much taller than she is that it doesn't make yeah. any sense that he would kneel down and like put his mouth on her shoulder. It doesn't make any sense at all. Well, he was gay and he had like problems <clears throat> doing the romantic scenes with yeah, her. He like did. they yeah, had yeah. to practice a lot. Yeah. And so like he actually had it was like gross for him to take to kiss a woman. And you know, Greg like, and Carol be as if, did like, go on a date once. Like I guess what? the girl, the guy that played Greg actually asked out the mom once, and they actually went out on a date, but it was really awkward. They said and it didn't lead to anything. But there was a rumor for a while that they were dating, which was half true. I they heard went a on rumor a date, like that. It wasn't. She kind of did it just to kind of pacify him and make him feel better. <clears throat> but they huh, later did a skit on might have been SNL. I can't remember where they made out, which was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah. And that's the end of the episode. Cool, and then cool. faded out, fades out, and uh, that's it. Yep. So, overall, what did you think of the episode? Any thirty-second <laughs> critique? I thought it kind of held up a little bit. Um, you know, I, I think it because I think me and you were talking about this the other day, <clears throat> and um, I, I think that the further back, you know, the older episodes get, or the older TV shows get. Uh, the more relevant they become yeah. uh, because, um, you know, the further away the, the, the throwaway jokes are from, from what's relevant now, the more you see the big picture kind of yeah. thing. And the way parents interact with their kids are exactly the same as they were back then. You know what I mean? The kids still yeah. argue and they still have misunderstandings and misinterpret things and the parents still have to set them straight and everything. The only difference now is <laughs> it happens online or whatever, but, you know, instead of in a Dear Libby column, but it's pretty much the same now i think it holds up pretty good yeah you could definitely see the same topic on another show today today's tech so right yeah (laughs) 
That was good. I'm I'm excited to get into this uh, series and start rewatching all these old episodes. I'm excited. <laughs> um, a lot of nostalgia. I watched a lot of it growing up. So. How old do you think the kids are in this? Like the oldest kids. How do you think? How old do you think Marsha and Greg are? Uh, well, I think Alice referenced saying something about fifteen, but really, because she said something about I'm gonna find every fifteen year old and tell them that you're. Well, I don't in, think they're fifteen. In the beginning, Marsha. Well, I think Greg is. Mar- Greg is a year older than Marsha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that means Marsha's fourteen. I almost want to go down one year. I want to say he's fourteen and she's thirteen in this episode. Even thirteen though, because my my oldest son is thirteen, and I mean, I don't yeah. know. His voice has already dropped. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't know. Well, maybe, I mean, I can find out right now. And maybe tell you kids exactly matured slower then. Because to me, Marsha looks like she's like. To me, Marsha looks like she's like nine. <laughs> <laughs> she does like old so, at all. She, Marsha was 13 in that what? episode. In real life. Um, and Greg was 14. Yeah. God, yeah. she was 13 and she looked that much like an adolescent? Yeah, I guess. Because, I mean, when, when we met, I think I was 13, you were 12, right? Yeah. I mean, other girls in our school didn't look like Marsha. They didn't look like a bunch of 9 to 10-year-olds. You know what I mean? <laughs> All right. So, um, you got any projects coming up that, like, listeners can look out for or anything? Um, me and my daughter are thinking about putting together a podcast. So, there's that. Um, That's cool. Um, busy with photography right now, but me and you have a few projects coming out, uh, that'll be pretty interesting, um, that are still in the works, yeah. that kind of stuff. So not anything mm-hmm. pressing right now, but, uh, I'll have some stuff around. Cool. Cool. Heck yeah. All right. So that's all the time we have for today, guys. I want to thank my guest, Jimmy Klein for stopping by today. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Jimmy. You are welcome. And come back here for a new episode every single week. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. Also on Apple Podcasts, please leave a rate and review. It helps the show out tremendously. And you can contact me here at a very Brady Podcast at gmail.com. Send an email. Or you can even give me a call and leave a voicemail, and I'll play it on the show. And that's 804-446-1901. 804-446-1901. And you can head on over to the merch store at tpublic.com. The link is in the description below. And check out the merch I got. Did you see the merch I got on there? I did, yeah. And I appreciate the free shirt. Thank you. <laughs> maybe. Maybe as a guest. I'll, I just I can't I believe can. you're giving every guest a free shirt. That's crazy. Oh, well, <laughs> I, I never said, I never said oh, that. Oh, okay. <laughs> but uh, um, also check out a Facebook group. It's called A Very Brady Facebook Group. And join that and be a part of the conversation. You can post things there. Do whatever you want. Post Brady memes. Whatever. Um, also, be sure to check out the Patreon page. If you enjoy the show, please give a donation and become a patron. And there's different tiers and get different things. And I'd certainly appreciate it. And that's at patreon.com forward slash very Brady podcast. Until then, I've been Tack. And I've been Jimmy. <laughs> And this has been a very Brady podcast. Have a sunshine day.